The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey everyone, welcome again. Disability Law Show. John Scholes here along with Savan Tamarkin, co-founder Samfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed disability law firm in the land. You want to reach out uh, no matter where you are, one 855 You can uh, email as well anytime, help at disabilityrights.ca. Questions to be asked and answered, mydisabilityquestions.com. I guarantee you will be referencing and going to that website throughout the hour. And then finally, uh, you have questions about LTD anyway, ltdfaq.ca. Again, ltdfaq.ca. So there's no shortage of ways for you to uh, converse and learn about LTD and talk to uh, Savannah and the rest of his team through several different avenues. So we'll give those out to you again throughout the show. But we always start out with uh, some notes, some week that was, some goings on for you, pal. How are you? I'm good, John. And again, very, very busy week. So let's just get into it. Uh, you mentioned the website LTDFAQ, yes. FrequentlyAskedQuestions.ca. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a very popular site right now. We're adding to it every single week. Essentially, we created that site because many of the questions that we field as disability lawyers in, in all the three provinces we operate in, Ontario, Alberta, and BC, uh, they all converge around certain themes. Uh, some of those themes, for example, are uh, you know, surveillance. I am on long-term disability, and I think the insurance company has an investigator out there taking photos. Is that allowed? What should I be aware of? Uh, should I be worried, etc.? cetera? Uh, return to work. I'm not mm-hmm. ready to return to work. And the insurance company is telling me I have to start a gradual return to work program. Do, in fact, do I, in fact, have to do that? Uh, and many other kind of questions like that. And so what we did is we created our website. It's a free website ltdfaq.ca as a source of reliable information for claimants out there, for individuals, not for insurance companies, although I'm sure that many adjusters are scouring the website as well, mm-hmm. uh, but it's really uh, you know, bite-sized uh, memorandums that we created, two, three pages at most, you know, double-spaced, no legalisms, no legalistic phrases. It's just here are the most common questions we get about these issues, CPP disability, appeals, common reasons for being denied LTD claims, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, And so if anyone out there has questions, uh, just go to that website. You should be able to get many of your questions answered. And of course, you can reach out to us at any point. But just like the show, John, just like the TV show, the Disability Law Show on TV, we are here to give this information to empower people, to empower claimants to, to understand that they have certain rights and insurance companies cannot simply trample over those rights and cannot muscle you into doing things that your long-term disability policies don't allow them to do. Okay? And this, this is the point here. It's information. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to reach out, or as Savannah just mentioned, ltdfaq.ca. Really good resource. Well, where are we going now, Paul? What do you got for me? I want to talk to you about a case, uh, interesting okay. case. Uh, so there's a lady that contacted us, uh, and uh, she's insured with one of the major long-term disability insurers. She's from Ontario. She suffers from vertigo. Uh, she has permanent ear damage, a whole bunch of other things. She has a neurologist. She has a family doctor uh, and an ear specialist. And she's been off work, okay? She's on LTD. She gets just under $3,000 a month. 
And the reason she contacted us, uh, she's 54 years old. Mm-hmm. She's been employed for about 21 years. So, she, you know, it's somebody who is, who's been working hard all their life. And they're now on LTD. She's on LTD. Now, she has 55% permanent damage to her ear, okay? Th- all of these things that I described are impairing her ability to work. Despite that, the insurance company, her insurer, long-term disability insurer, is telling her that as of late October, okay, October 18th, they said, they are going to put her on a gradual return to work program. And she's concerned. She's concerned because her doctors have not cleared her to go back to work, and she doesn't feel that she's ready to go back to work. So she called us to find out what her options are. And again, there is a memo on this very issue on ltdfaq.ca, but let me just... You know, cut through it, cut through the chase, John, and tell people out there, if you're in a situation where you are on long-term disability or short-term disability for that matter, and you're not yet ready to go back to work, and your doctors have not cleared you to go back to work, your insurance company has no right to compel you to go back to work. It's that simple. And I tell people, follow whatever your doctors are saying. And if your doctors have not cleared you to go back, get a letter from your doctor I know it's difficult because doctors right now are very, very busy with all COVID-related issues and everything else. It's a real mess out there. But you got to get something from your doctors, a letter, a form, something that states it's against medical advice for this individual at this point in time to try to go back to work, okay? Perhaps in the future, perhaps in three months, six months, a year, whatever the situation is. Send that letter to your adjuster via email, email uh, fax, whatever. Just make sure your adjuster gets it in writing and advise the adjuster that you are not ready to go back to work and ask for their position with respect to this gradual return to work uh, plan. And, and and if they tell you no, you have to do it, despite the fact that your doctor has not cleared you to go back and that you're not ready. Mm-hmm. Usually what they'll tell you is if you don't comply with our request, we're going to stop your payments. Well, yep. guess what? If they say that to you, and you have a letter from your doctor saying you're not ready to go back to work and it's against medical advice, the insurance company arguably is in breach of its obligation under your LTD policy. First of all, they're going to cut you off. Okay, If they tell you they're going to cut you off, they're going to cut you off. So don't think about playing chicken with them. And if they don't get what your doctors are saying, and if they force you or they compel you to go back and you can't and they stop your benefits, you need to let us know ASAP. In fact, I would say, John, it's really important in these situations to reach out to us before you are cut off benefits because sometimes we're able to get involved and actually give you some tips and advice in your specific situation. Every case is different about how to potentially avert the cutoff or potentially how to deal with the insurance company or what to do if your payments are cut off. So again, the number one thing to understand is you should be following your doctor's advice when it comes to whether or not you're ready to go back to work obviously in conjunction with how you feel. If you yeah. feel you're not ready and your doctor says you're not ready, that's it. You're not ready. The insurance company must continue to pay you. And if they don't, if they tell you they're going to cut you off, you need to call us immediately because we'll be able to help you. The amount of stress this brings to people when they don't realize they should be calling you is like, uh, it's almost immeasurable, right? Because then they start panicking. That might be their only source of income. It probably is their only source of income and to know it's coming to an end. I mean, it's very nice that they're going to tell you they're going to cut you off, but that's not the point. You're going to lose your source of income, right? 
A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and this happens time and time again. I, mm-hmm. I, it's amazing to me how insurance companies are so, in many, in many situations, heartless, right? And listen, I know insurance adjusters. I've worked on the other side. Many of them are not heartless. Many of them are actually good people. They have a job to do. They work for the insurance company. Uh, I call the dark side, um, <laughs> you know, sarcastically. But listen, yeah. the insurance companies are there to make money. And one of the ways they make money is cutting people off or denying them. And many, in many cases, it's unjustifiable. It's simply wrong yeah. and it's illegal. And what people need to understand is that you have certain rights. You know, I, I, I got an email earlier this week as well from um, one of our partners uh, in our BC office in, in Vancouver. And she's dealing, she's representing an individual lady. Uh, in fact, I'm looking at this on my screen right now. She's uh, dealing with a lady that had a, um, a severe post-traumatic stress disorder. I'm not going to explain why or, or give sure. you a background. I'm just going to say PTSD, and it's confirmed, confirmed by several uh, uh, doctors, psychologists, psychiatrists. She did not have one of those standard LTD policies that goes on until age 65. She had one that was specifically limited to five years' worth of payments. Okay. <clears throat> but for the first two years, as most policies dictate, to get LTD for the first two years of an LTD policy, in the majority of cases, you have to show that you are disabled from your own occupation. Beyond the two-year mark, the disability test changes from own occupation to any occupation for which you're suited for. And so this lady got LTD for two years, and uh, she had three years left on the policy. And it was completely clear, clear from all the doctors I mean, there wasn't any hesitation that she is simply in no position to work in any capacity, at least for the foreseeable future, at least for the remainder of those three years under the policy. Well, what does the insurance company do, as they often do? They ignore what her doctors are saying. And so they stop her benefits at that two-year mark. And of course, she appeals and she gets rejected, appeals get rejected. So then my colleague in Vancouver, uh, our partner there, represents this lady. And uh, she's telling me about this case, and, and you know we're not talking about simply a person uh, that has some other source of income. Maybe there's a, you know a, a, another a spouse or someone that can support her. No, here's what happened when the insurance company cut off, cut off the benefits. Mm-hmm. She had to sell her home. She oh basically uh, became homeless. She lost custody of her daughter, and and a whole other things ensued as a result of this. So we're talking about tragic circumstances here. And by the way, this is in the context of the world going where it is now with COVID. Just imagine that. And I, I, I tell you, I, my reaction was very, very strong in terms of how to help this lady. I told the partner that I'm dealing with, I said, this is not a case where I would simply go after the insurance company for those three years worth of benefits. This is a case where I would go for punitive damages, aggravated damages. I want the insurance company to pay more than they would have otherwise had to pay had they paid those three years. Because it's so egregious what they did here. It's so unthinkable. It's so unjust. Any judge would see this. And so we've developed a strategy and now she's going to, we're going to be implementing that with the insurance company. So my point is, John, that people need to understand that they can be in the worse off situation. They can feel like they have no power whatsoever, but you do have power. Your power is derived from the fact that you have rights under our Canadian legal system. And because yeah. you have those rights and you go to the right people who can enforce those rights, these insurance companies will pay. 
Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's just not that difficult to deal with this. People just don't realize that it's it's a possibility for them. But if they've uh, heard the show before, they know wiser, and if they've caught our TV show as well, they would have learned something as well. And you can every week, by the way, disabilityrights.ca is where you want to go to find a station uh, that carries our, our TV show as well. It's thirty minutes long. You should check that out. Reaching out is help at disabilityrights.ca. Mydisabilityquestions.com is another free and anonymous website built for you. And as we mentioned off the top, and we use all the time now, ltdfaq.ca. We'll continue Disability Law Show. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back. Disability Law Show. Good to have you along. Savannah Tamarkin here. The uh, firm Samfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed firm across the country, has helped tens of thousands of people stand up, get the compensation they deserve. It is owed to them, but you don't know this until you make that phone call and reach out to Savannah's team and learn a little more. Educate yourself about your LTD, whether you're on it uh, for a friend or a family member. Reach out, be a good pal and do that, and uh, I'm sure they can help you as well. Phone call, one 855 5900 How about that? Help at disabilityrights.ca. Okay, Bob, where are we going? John, I know you have a few uh, questions, a few, a few emails uh, that you want to read, but let me just, before yep. you do that, it's just, we, you know, we're getting uh, hit from all sides here, and I it's know. good. It's good. It means people are getting this information and they're seeking out this information. We, we had a, a, a person contact us from Alberta. This person suffers, had a back injury, leg injuries. Uh, it, it was a severe accident that, uh, that uh, he, he was involved in. Uh, and uh, he, has, he has doctors, family doctor, physiotherapist. Uh, he has other, you know, other health professionals that have all said he cannot work. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what he does, but he cannot work um, at, at this point in time because of his injuries. Now, insurance company, he applies. Insurance company uh, denies his claim in January of this year. January 2021. We are now in October. Okay. So what does this person do? Like most people don't blame him whatsoever, but they, they, you know, he did this. Uh, he, he appeals and he gets denied again and he appeals again because the insurance company says, well, just give us more information and we'll reconsider the decision. Denied again. He appeals for a third time. John, do you want to take a guess what happened? The third appeal? I'm betting on a denial. (laughs) <laughs> denial. That's right. Yeah, three times is not a charm here in this case. So, yeah. so this person finally was told to contact us. He's 58 years old. Uh, pretty bad situation here. And he, here's the situation. Um, actually, my mistake initially. He was not denied. He actually was on LTD, and he was cut off at the two-year mark. So, so my 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 bad here. So, so here's what he contacted us about. He said that the insurance company agreed that he cannot do his own occupation, he cannot work in his own occupation because of his disabling conditions from the injuries, but they think that he can do some other occupation, perform the tasks of another occupation where it's just sedentary, uh, where he just sits all day long. Remember, this guy has back injuries, leg injuries, very uncomfortable, doesn't sleep, a whole slew of of symptoms that are simply disabling him. His doctors have said, no, absolutely not. He cannot work in any capacity, not at home, not in the office, nowhere at this point in time. Uh, I'm seeing another note here, actually, in my note saying he has a herniated disc, pinched nerves in the back. So, I mean, we're talking about somebody with a lot of pain, you know, in his early fi- uh, uh, yeah, in, in his early 50s. And so 
Again, this is something that we see time and time again, and I want to make sure people understand. When you are an LTD for the first two years and you cannot perform your own occupation, the insurance company would oftentimes try and figure out if they can cut you off around that two-year mark. And they do that because they come up with excuses as to why they say you're no longer disabled under the policy because the definition of disability has now changed from own occupation to any occupation. And what they do in many cases, my partner James Fireman likes to talk about this, mm-hmm. uh, he has a lot of experience with these kinds of reports, they will send you to an assessor who is going to try and figure out if you have other skills, if you have any other uh, background uh, type of work. They may even The insurance company may even ask you for your resume. In fact, that's very common. They want to figure out if they can tell you, no, look, you, you, maybe you can't do your own job, your own occupation, but you can do five other occupations. What they, what they fail to tell you is that it's not a matter of can you work in any occupation, it's can you work in any occupation for which you are suited for right. by training, education, or experience. And of course, that means also that it comes with a certain amount of salary. And, and what we typically look at in terms of commensurate income, that's really the key word here, the key phrase, most LTD policies will pay you around 60 to 65, 66% maybe uh, yeah. of, of, of your pre-disability salary. If you can find another occupation and work in that occupation that, at that two-year mark, they will pay you that LTD amount you're getting, then most likely the insurance company is correct in cutting mm-hmm. you off. But most people can't. Most yeah. people can't. And this individual here can't. So again, what do you do in that situation? You come to us. You call us. We will talk to you about your case. And it's all free, by the way. It's all free. None of our lawyers are going to charge you one dime, one cent for speaking with you about your case. We'll review your documentation, and we will tell you what your options are. And John, sometimes we tell people, sorry, the insurance company is correct. <laughs> it does happen. But in most instances, when people call us, it's because they know that the insurance company did something wrong. They understand that their rights are being trampled over, and they understand that we can help them, and we do. Yeah, and I guess that whole 65% commensurate income, I mean, the higher level of, of job you have being a you know, fiduciary or whatever, yes. that's going to get tougher and tougher as you go up the scale of employment. Not to say it's, it's going to be easy for somebody who's a, a barista just to go back mm-hmm. to work if they can't, but I mean, if you've are if you got a high-level job, high training, that's not going to be an easy thing to uh, to get out and find, right? Absolutely, 100%. Uh-huh. I mean, listen, if you're making hundred grand a year as an example, uh, then the question is, can you work in another occupation at that two-year mark that will pay you sixty, sixty-five thousand dollars a year. I mean, that's yeah. not simple. I mean, if you're suffering from depression or some kind of an injury or some kind of a degenerative disease, Parkinson's or MS, something else, no, it's not that simple. But insurance companies don't care. And people think that they have no options and they think that they are forced. That's the word that you, you know, that typically use when they contact me. They say, I'm being forced to go back uh-huh. to work or to go to another occupation and I'm not ready. Well, guess what? The insurance company cannot force you to do that. You can stand right. up. one 855 That's a good way to start. Give Savan and his team a call. would love to talk to you. Have a more uh, private, relaxed, and lengthy conversation about your situation for yourself or someone you know, your family, a colleague as well. Help at disabilityrights.ca and the, uh, the resource of my disabilityquestions.com. It's free. It's anonymous. There's a database there so you can search for your questions, save you some typing time. If not, leave it there and the guys will get to it. I uh, I got one here, Savan, uh, mydisabilityquestions.com. I can read for you if you would 
like. Yes. Uh, this comes from Lori uh, in Edmonton. By the way, the show airs on TV and radio as well if you want to catch us in BC and Alberta as well as Ontario. So Lori writes in, says, uh, Hi, I've been on LTD for four months for depression and anxiety, exacerbated by being a caregiver for my actively dying mother during COVID pandemic. My mother passed away four months ago. My doctor feels it would be good for me to get back to work, and I also think so. I'm very anxious about it, as it is in healthcare. My disability care worker offered a return-to-work program, which was to include grief and trauma counseling. They made the program sound like it was all to ensure I have a successful return to work. I think it was deceitful. I feel that they are trying to make me see that I am not fit for this particular work. In my return-to-work plan, they have a uh, completely updated resume. Question is, can they force me to retrain or move into a different job? I do not want to do this. Can they cut me off my payments if I refuse? P.S. I had agreed to the return-to-work plan. I feel under false pretenses. So she feels like she's yeah. being kind of bullied into this, right? She is. And, and again, something that I hear often, people feeling bullied, harassed by the insurance company. Uh, and, and it's important to dissect this particular email because it's not exactly black and white. There are many gray areas. Any lawyer that's good will, will typically tell you there are gray areas to these kinds, you know, types of cases. And so, first of all, I mean, Lori is going through tremendous hardships. There's no question with her mom dying during the, the pandemic uh, and everything else she's going through. Very, very tough. Here's the thing. Uh, at the two-year mark, uh, so first of all, she's been on LTD for four months, right? So she has not, my understanding, been... Uh, been on LTD for two years, right? So right. the test for the first two years, as we discussed, is can you do the essential tasks of your own mm-hmm. occupation? Okay. She has no obligation to perform another occupation during that period of time. The test for LTD is can you do the essential tasks of your own occupation, assuming she has a standard policy, okay? And because of that, the insurance company is actually misrepresenting to her what her obligations are under the policy. If they're telling her at the four-month mark or at any point before the two years are up that she must uh, go and do something else or get retrained in some other profession, there is a problem here. Because unless the insurance policy specifically allows the insurance company to demand that, the insurance company does not have the legal right to do so. It's that simple. It, everything comes back to the policy. A lot of times, John, people contact us and say, can the insurance company do this or that? And I tell them, typically, yes, typically, no, depending on the question. And then I say, let's look at your policy. Do you have a copy of it? If not, request it. Because the policy will contain the provisions that obligate you to do certain things and obligate the insurance company to do certain things. Now, at the two-year mark, the insurance company can certainly say, we feel, we believe, we think you can do something else, some other occupation for which you are suited for. Whether or not that's correct or not, we talked about that previously, that depends. In many cases, they try and force people to other types of jobs that you know, people have no experience and no education and nothing, right? And, and, and frankly, sometimes jobs that don't pay anywhere near commensurate income with their, with their pre-disability occupations. So the, the reality is, Lori, that if you are within that two-year mark and you have a standard policy, the insurance company is obligated to pay you if you cannot perform the essential tasks of your own occupation, uh, now, I still would want to speak with you. I would want to see the documentation. Uh, you're saying, can they, you're asking, can they cut me off payments if I refuse? They could, 
they can cut you off payments if they don't like how you look or or if you're wearing you know a brown shirt as opposed to blue mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that it's legal for them to do so right the whole issue is not can they cut you off they can cut you off for any reason it's whether or not it's legal for them to cut you off payments and if it's illegal if they're in breach of their policies this is where we step in and go after them Lori, thank you so much for the uh, note. Again, mydisabilityquestions.com. You know how to reach out outside of that, uh, 1-855-821-5900, and you want to email as well. That is, uh, that's just fine. That is uh, help at disabilityrights.ca. You want to continue the conversation. Okay, got to uh, fill a couple minutes, uh, pal, before we uh, we go to break here. What did you want to uh, talk about? John, there's just so many things to talk about. Uh, so so uh, let me just mention this. Again, a, a gentleman contacting us, uh, earlier this week, uh, it suffers from depression, anxiety, has a family doctor and a psychiatrist uh, saying he cannot work. Uh, he's on short-term disability, getting about 3400 bucks a month, so it's, so it's a sizable amount. Mm-hmm. He's been employed for 23 years in his occupation. He's a lending specialist, 54 years old. And his short-term disability is coming to an end, and he has questions about applying for long-term disability. And essentially what it comes down to is the fact that the uh, insurance company that's supposed to be paying him LTD is requesting the clinical notes from his psychologist. And his question is, does he have to provide those? The psychologist is telling him that these are private and and once they get out, i.e. in the hands of the insurance company, uh, then they'll control who sees it. And so he's very obviously concerned about that sure. and wants to know what to do. Here's the thing. Insurance companies operate on, on documentation. And they do have a right to see medical information. There are limits to it. We can do a whole show about what they can and cannot see. But the reality is that if you are suffering, if the nature of your disability is psychological, and and the main doctor, the main treatment provider is a psychologist or a psychiatrist, it makes no sense that the insurance company will not be able to see those clinical notes and records. It, It just, it makes no sense. Any judge would order you as a claimant, if you are seeking benefits under the policy, to provide those notes. If you want to walk away from your your payments, from your policy, sure, the insurance company will not ask you for those. But they're entitled to, in my view, they're entitled to to ask for those. However, it's not like they can suddenly get those records and put them on the internet. There are very strict rules what they can do with those. They can't share those with your employer. They can't share those with Revenue Canada. They can't share those with other government agencies. They can't. They can only share those or provide those by court order to a third party. So the insurance company has obligation vis-a-vis the information they collect about you. There are very strict privacy protocols and, and privacy regulations and legislation that deals with this. So again, if you are suffering from some kind of a disability and the insurance company is asking for documentation from whoever's treating you in relation to that disability for which you're claiming payments, my view, my position, or my opinion is, if you came to me, I would tell you, you need to provide those. Otherwise, the insurance company will may, may be very well correct in refusing to pay you because they have no idea what you're hiding or what your psychologist right. is hiding. We'll get to lots more. Again, mydisabilityquestions.com. One way to reach out, help at disabilityrights.ca is another. one 821 5900 is the toll-free number to get a hold of Savan and his team. We'll continue Disability Law Show. Lots more coming up. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. 
The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back, Disability Law Show. Savannah Tamarkin here, of course, from uh, Samfiru Tamarkin LLP. This is the most positively reviewed disability law firm in the land. Reach out anytime, get a hold of them. Send them a note, have a call, 1 855 821 5900 would be the, uh, the way to do that. You can reach out as well at help at disabilityrights.ca. And as mentioned off the top of the show, another website built for you to educate again, LTDFAQ. .ca. Okay, let's keep going. Samir, where do you want to go? You got stuff. I got stuff. Where are you going to land? <laughs> okay, so let's do it. Uh, let's, let me start first, and, okay. and then you can uh, read whatever came your way. Cool. Uh, so this is an email I got. Um, this was, I think, two days ago. And I'm not going to mention the name here, uh, but this person introduces themselves and then says, I'm 34 years old. I got sick in March of 2018 while at work. My boss drove me to the hospital. I'm still sick and struggling. So this is two and a half years later. I was on LTD for two years and then the insurance company had me assessed and uh, said that I had to go back to work. I complied and went back to work in July of 2020. I've been working 11 to 16 hour uh, Mm. days a week uh, since then, which is a, a struggle, a very, very tough situation for me. I was encouraged to see if maybe a disability lawyer would say that I could have a case against the insurance company. I was given different diagnoses, mostly by neurologists of migraine issues, but then I tested positive out of the country for Lyme disease and co-infections for which I've been receiving treatments on and off since January 2020. Please let me know what my options are, including uh, costs and expected gains. So it's very similar to other questions we get. So here's an interesting situation. And again, John, we do get these kinds of questions uh, from time to time, and it's important to understand. Uh, people who are on LTD and at the two-year mark, as you can see here, the insurance company says to him, you have to go back to work uh, or we want you to start a gradual return to work program. And then they usually use that stick of, if you don't, we are going to uh, you know, make sure that we, uh, we, we cut you off benefits. So you really have no choice here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so what happened in this case is this individual has been working uh, significant hours since July of, uh, of last year. Here's the thing. If you are working essentially in a full-time capacity uh, for the past year, year and three months, year and four months, whatever it is, you know, the reality is that it's very tough to argue that you, in fact, are unable to work. It's very tough because for all that time, you've been able to work, right? Even if it was against medical advice, you've been able to work. So the insurance company is going to point to that time frame and say, well, you can say whatever you want, but clearly you're able to work. It may be difficult, but it's difficult for everyone. Everyone is having issues. You know, how many people out there pick people from the street? They'll tell you, yeah, I have obligations here. I have pains there. I have psychological issues, but I'm still working. And so my advice to people is this. Uh, Do not go back to work if you are not ready to go back. Do not go back to work if your doctors don't clear you to go back. If you do go back to work, you have to do it in a very nuanced way. You have to make sure that it's documented that you are trying to go back and yet your doctor is on board with this attempt to go back. You know, you don't want your doctor to say, oh yeah, this person is ready to go back unless they truly feel that. There's a difference between a doctor saying, my patient is ready to go back to work versus my patient is ready to attempt Right, big to go time. back to work. Huge difference, right? Yeah. And the insurance company will seize on that difference. It will focus on the word ready 
versus the the the, the word attempt. And, and and again, if you are unable to go back, don't go back, and let us know immediately if the insurance company insists on you going back and threatening to cut you off. But if you're in a situation like this gentleman here, uh, where you've been working for the past year, it's going to be tough. I encourage him. I encouraged him to actually give me a call. He hasn't called yet because I want to speak with him a bit more. Perhaps we can, you know, understand more about his situation. Speak with his doctors and understand exactly what the dynamics are. Maybe the doctor is going to say that. Look, maybe he's been working for the past year and few months, but it's to his significant detriment. And the reality is, he's going to crash. In the next six months, you know, in that kind of a situation, I think there's a very good argument to the insurance company that no, no, you're going to have to put this person back on LTD. But again, it's very nuanced, which is why I'm saying you need to get the proper advice from a disability lawyer because there's so many different angles here. There's so many gray shades of gray, and insurance companies are experts at exploiting that against you. Right. So, so again, uh, if you're in that situation, give us a call. It doesn't cost anything to speak to any member of our team. You know, it, it's interesting though, and, and to your point about attempting or you know attempting to go back to work, not ready, but attempting. If it doesn't pan out for the person who gave it a shot, does every policy that you've seen and come across have what they call a recurrence clause? If they can't, they can get right back without any sort of delay back in LTD. Yes. Should that be something considered? Should you look in your policy and make sure it has that in there before you try this attempt? Hundred percent. You should definitely yeah. look in your policy. The recurrence clause you're mentioning is something I have seen in every policy. I'm not saying it exists okay. in every policy, but I have right. seen it in every policy I've ever examined and essentially it says that within a certain period of time of your attempt to go back to work usually it's about six months since you know your, your attempt to, to to go back if you're unable to uh, to sustain that work if you need to go back on LTD you should be able again with the support of your doctors to go back on LTD without having to wait the initial elimination period okay. the elimination period is that period of time from when you apply for LTD and when you start getting after you get approved and, and when you start getting payments, okay, you need to be disabled for a certain period of time, be it 90 days, 180 days, whatever that period of time is, you, you need to wait that period of time. The recurrence clause allows you to go back on LTD, to have LTD snap back for you to start getting payments immediately when you go back on it, when you stop working, uh, if you're within that time frame and if your doctor supports you. But again, John, as you know, we've talked about this many times before. Some people out there in that situation find that the insurance company, despite their obligations under that mm -hmm. recurrence provision, say no for this reason or another, or let's say for this excuse or another. Right. Uh, but that's when we step in. That's when we step in and we strong arm the insurance company because, again, they cannot do whatever they want. They can do whatever they want or they think they can so long as no one is protecting you. But this is yeah. what we're here for. We're here at, you know, not just to offer information, but protection against insurance companies in those situations. Again, reaching out, help at disabilityrights.ca, just disabilityrights.ca. The firm website will lead you to our long-running TV show and past episodes of that. It's pretty cool. Phone number anytime, 1-855-821-5900. And more from mydisabilityquestions.com is coming up after a short break, which we will get into and continue back from. Lots more Disability Law Show is on the way. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back. Disability Law Show. Going to tell you how to reach out anytime if you want to uh, talk to Savan or a member of his team. 
Uh, when the show is done, easy, one 821 5900 That a toll-free number. Email address we use is help at disabilityrights.ca. And then another resource-free anonymous website. You can ask questions. You can read past questions as well. Maybe similar to yours, you can search for it, mydisabilityquestions.com, which is exactly where we're going now. Savan, this one from Marina. Uh, locally here in Ontario, says, uh, Hi, Savannah, I'm currently on LTD since the end of March. I qualify for full, unreduced early retirement on April 1st of next year. The insurance company has suggested that I apply for CPP disability. I know if CPP disability is approved, my LTD payments will be reduced by that amount. My question is, can I collect my company pension and CPP disability at the same time? What impact collecting CPP disability benefits have on my CPP retirement benefits? Good questions. Very, very good question. So, you know, this is, again, something that comes up often. So there are a few questions here. Let's deal with them methodically. Number one, the insurance company has suggested in quotes, uh, she writes, that she apply for CPP disability. Well, the reality is that if you're an LTD, you should apply, in my view, in my team's view, for CPP disability. Oftentimes, insurance company, uh, or sorry, insurance policies, LTD policies, will contain provisions that will obligate you to apply for CPP disability. And if you don't apply, the insurance company, typically what they do, sometimes they'll cut you off benefits altogether because they say you're in breach of the policy by failing to apply for CPPD. But what happens more often than not is they simply estimate or guesstimate how much they think you ought to be receiving from CPP disability, right. and then they reduce your monthly LTD amounts uh, automatically, uh, you know, unilaterally. And so you're going to be out of that money anyways. So you should apply. And remember, if you get CPP disability, you're right. You're now going to get that plus the LTD. They don't stack. Uh, the insurance company will get a credit for CPPD. However, however, by getting CPP disability, the government, the federal government of Canada has recognized that you are suffering from a disability that is severe and prolonged. And uh, you would have heard me and James Fireman, Albert, many other lawyers in my firm when we speak in our, on our shows say that in, in our experience, getting CPP disability is arguably more difficult. It's a harder test to meet than getting yeah. LTD. And, and so if you get that, in my mind, it would make it that much harder for the insurance company down the road to cut you off benefits on the basis of you not being totally disabled because CPP has confirmed that you are. Uh, so, so again, there are benefits here. And again, if you go to ltdfaq.ca, there is a memo that deals specifically with the issue of CPP disability. Now, uh, second question, can this person collect company pension and CPP disability at the same time? Good question. I don't know. And I say I don't know because I actually don't know that person's company pension plan. And I think it's important to look at those situations. You want to make sure that obviously if you are uh, collecting pensions, multiple pensions, what is the interplay between them? I, I simply don't know because I have no idea what that pension plan says. And pension plans can vary. In fact, they do often vary. And so what I tell people is when you're having these kinds of questions, you should actually investigate before starting to apply. And so I, I essentially told this individual to check with their company, uh, check whoever's dealing with the pensions, and actually call them and find out what happens if they apply for that pension, company pension, and at the same time, they're getting CPP disability and, frankly, LTD. Now, LTD, most likely, this person's LTD policy will have similar provisions to other LTD policies I have seen where they have a section under the policy that states, here's what we get credit for. 
Here's mm-hmm. what we get a deduction for. And they usually list CPP disability, workers' compensation, and they typically have other types of things that they get credit for, including other types of pensions. Right. So it could be that this person may end up getting a company pension only for the LTD insurer to get a credit for that too. So mm-hmm. again, need to look at all of these documentation, all these documents. The last question was, what impact does collecting CPP disability benefits have on my CPP retirement benefits? I, and I think what she means is, uh, sorry, what he means is, uh, uh, she, it's a she, my mistake. Yeah, Marina. She, yeah. She, she, yeah uh, what, she, what she means is, if, if you apply for CPP disability, uh, at some point when you're 65, it, you know, it converts into CPP or you apply for CPP disability, regular benefits. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I don't have expertise in CPP disability. We deal with LTD, but I can tell you that our, our good friend, Terry Corcoran, uh, whom we're going to have on this show, I think, uh, hopefully soon again, John, uh, has told me before, and it comes from good sources, I believe, that in fact, by being on CPPD, not only do you not prejudice your future CPP retirement benefits, but actually it can better them. So what I would suggest to people out there, if you're concerned about that, just contact the CPP uh, office and they will tell you exactly what the impact is and what's going to happen. But again, irrespective of what happens to CPP, the regular CPP benefits for, for this lady, the reality is that if she does not apply for CPP disability benefits now, her LTD insurer would most likely reduce her LTD benefits unilaterally by the amount they think she ought to be getting from right. CPP disability. Yeah, there's uh, it's, as you mentioned, there's really no downside to it. I mean, it's uh, arguably a tougher test. So even if you get cut off your LTD, you would still have that uh, that CPP money coming in, which is which is a good thing to have, right? Uh, absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. I agree with you, hundred percent. Yeah, but all these yeah. considerations obviously need to be taken in, in context. They need to be assessed, which is why, again, we tell people that if you have questions, you either post them on mydisabilityquestions.com or you email us or uh, you call us. Again, it doesn't cost anything. It doesn't I know people? They can't believe it. You know, how can you have these lawyers giving all this information uh, for free? Well, but that's the way our firm operates. I mean, especially our LTD group, the whole point is to educate people. By educating people, we're empowering people. By empowering people, we're making it that much harder for insurance companies to scam people. <laughs> and, and, and for us, that's just as important as actually, you know, having a thriving business and, and helping individuals out there. It's just making sure that insurance companies are stopped in their tracks and can't simply take advantage of regular people like you and I, John. Last minute of the show, pal. What do you want people to know, especially if it's COVID related or otherwise? I think, yeah, we're still in this COVID mess uh, mm-hmm. of a world. And, and, you know, I, I want to talk a bit about the vaccines. I know it's it's a very, very charged topic. I've been vaccinated. My family's been vaccinated. But at the end of the day, here's the thing. Vaccines, no vaccines, COVID, all the lockdowns, it's creating tremendous amount of stress, anxiety, depression, PTSD, and everything that flows from that. And people need to understand, they need to check at work if they have access to short-term and or long-term disability. Because if you do, and you are suffering from tremendous anxiety, if you're suffering from tremendous depression, if you are unable to work, you're unable to function in your job because of those kinds of psychological conditions, go to your doctor. And if your doctor says you need time off work, you can apply for those programs. You can apply for short-term disability, long-term disability, and they must pay you if you have coverage for those programs and if your doctors say that you are disabled and if they don't pay you, you call us immediately because we will help you. Whether you're vaccinated or not, I don't care for the purposes of enforcing your rights. Nice. 
And with that, we will leave it for another week. Appreciate all your correspondence, emails, and uh, reaching out at mydisabilityquestions.com from across the country. You can do that anytime. Again, mydisabilityquestions.com. LTD FAQ for more information as well. You can participate in that website, one 821 5900 And then finally, help at disabilityrights.ca. We'll do it all again next week here, Disability Law Show. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.